Here we go. It is podcasting time, and I have Colin Thomas joining me from Essential Maintenance and We Will Fix It Dubai, which means we're going to solve every single problem you have with DIY and the problems you don't even know you have. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> One day we're going to actually do that, aren't we, James? <laughs> no, look, we, we, always, we always hit stuff that people have got issues with. We always have a nice little laugh around the way. And we do. Yeah. It's true, but then I also think we are digressions. Interestingly <laughs> enough, that's why people love watching us on YouTube. Which, if you haven't caught us on YouTube, if you're watching us, you're obviously, and we're looking at the camera now, you, you obviously know where to find us. But if you're listening and you don't know that you can get us on YouTube, go to the James Cast, all one word, my channel, and we're there. Wonderful. <laughs> I've actually had a weird one over the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. As, as you know, I've been here, there, and everywhere, but not able to podcast. And I had two different groups that actually wanted to hear what the heck we do on these podcasts. <laughs> the first one, oddly enough, was my children. That's, I love so that. It's, That's awesome. Um, yeah. Are they, they are like the biggest fans, aren't they? They are. They absolutely love it because now they understand what a podcast is amongst ah. their friends and the conversation had, who knows anything about podcasting? Well, said Ruby and Dylan, <laughs> my daddy does podcasting. He's an expert podcaster. Yes. And what's it about? <laughs> We will fix it. Silence. And then we will fix it. And then, yes, that's my daddy's business. The next thing you know, they've, yeah. they've had a whole um, history lesson on uh, we will fix it in essential maintenance. So that was lovely. And then I've been back in the UK, as you know, and um, my uh, my sister asked the same question. She's oh, like, okay. what can you talk about? In fact, she, she said, I know you can talk. <laughs> But what can you talk about maintenance-wise for... What, what have we done now? How many, what episode's this? Do you know? You know what? Um, 60-something? Oh, no, no. Maybe. Hold on. I'll, you keep talking and I'll... So, um, and she asked me, so how can you do this for so many episodes and still have stuff to talk about? Yeah. And I was like, you're kidding, aren't you? I haven't even begun. This is just the very, very early stages to work out what it is that we're actually going to talk about. And she said, is it always about maintenance? I'm like... It kind of always has an element of maintenance in it, but very rarely is it just about maintenance. It's kind of about life and whatever is going on. And then we listened with the combination of school runs with the kids and then also um, when I was in the car in the yeah, UK, yeah. I ended up listening to quite a lot of episodes. <laughs> And it was lovely. It was so nice to listen to things as little snapshots in, in your life and through the year, which is the other thing, because maintenance services are always um, related to the seasons and what's going on. Mm. So it was actually, you know, it's, it, it seems a bit odd to actually listen to yourself uh, doing a podcast, but it was lovely to do that review. I, I think this is bordering on episode 70. No. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. We obviously can't say 69, can we, on our podcast? <laughs> that was the last one, actually. Was it? <laughs> it's either 69 or 70, because I'm not, you know, as, as the podcast world works, there is, there is a point where there are some in the can. Yes. And I'm not sure if we have one in the can or none in the can. Well, and, with me having been um, away for a while, I'd be very surprised if we yeah. did. Well, I, but we, know, it, we did build up a head of steam beforehand, didn't we? We did have a little bit of head of steam. And, and what the, my problem is, when I put them up on Anchor, and then yes. it gets distributed to the world through, that, through iTunes and through Google and through Deezer and, and others, I don't necessarily put up the video at the same time, which I probably should, but there tends to be a lag in the video. So sometimes we're a couple behind. And so at this point... We've got this up, but if you were tuning into YouTube, 
you'd see, well, there's it's there's different shows going up at this point. So It's a huge amount of work. People don't understand the amount of work it takes you to get this all together and online. Oh, of man, course it's, it's not going to be the same time, because it's, it's just huge amounts of work to do, which we all appreciate, by the way. Oh, you're you, you're podaholics. You. Appreciate you dramatically, oh, so thank you. And and so what did your sister think when she had to listen? Did she go, oh, okay, I get it? Yeah, she did, actually, okay. which was which was really odd. Um she was she was hugely supportive, but Claire Claire really is actually. That's oh, kind of her way, and um, it was uh, it was nice to share it. Yeah. It's nice to give her a little insight because I don't see an, enough of her. Yeah, um, and to give her just a little bit of a an idea of what we do was just wonderful. I want to want to jump right back to the shed because if you've been listening. <laughs> Did you see that? Really? Well, because if anyone's been listening, they will know about the drama of the shed. They'll know about the drama of the father-in-law helping with the shed and then the father-in-law being exiled to the sisters to do other work. He's now in Spain. (laughs) Exiled from the UAE. And the UK. (laughs) Yep. I'm not sure he's far enough. Where's further? (laughs) I'm kidding. Warren is a legend. But... That whole process, I mean, you built this shed, you put it together, you were working on the shingling and the tar papering and the doors and the hinges, and this has been going on for months. Oh, no, no, it's been going on now, I think, are we a year yet? Is it a year? Oh, no, no, it isn't, because he arrived just after Christmas last year yes. and stayed for six months. <laughs> so we thought it was a week. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, a, a cargo container arrives and he's unloading his furniture. I said, I'm just here for a week. Well, uh-huh. This was this is the whole pandemic thing, wasn't it? And yeah. I've got to say, 99.9% of it was utterly brilliant. It yeah. was a really good reconnect because we, we got a little, not a strange, but we just didn't, didn't really have that much uh, uh, time with him. So yeah. it, it was wonderful from, from that perspective. Now, getting back to the shed. It's exactly where it was when you last asked me, and the time before that, and the time before that. So, what, what is? Why is it stalled? Because this is this is the question that that everyone has when they start a project. <laughs> yes, am I going to be able to finish it? And I am. I've got no scientific data here, but I am yeah. pretty sure that many DIYers get started, and it's that last. What, what, what do we call it in marketing? It's I, the last I call mile. it the last 2% when it's regarding yeah. my shed. The last 2% just kind of sits there and it's like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll yes. It yeah, it is. It's one of those. So there's a mixture of circumstances here. So the <laughs> first one the first one was it got really hot yeah. for the summer. And at that point, I'm but like... You, but, you, but you've lived here for how long? Oh, it's only been 18 years now, I so, think. so you know that it's... Okay, okay, just just to clarify, not a new person to the UAE. Okay, keep no. going. No, so I did know this was coming. <laughs> let's, not, let's not make that mistake. And, and, and another side question, is, is Natalie on board with the last 2%, or does she just not go and look at the shed? Um, no, she does make the comment <laughs> now and again that maybe I could just do that last 2%. That's not quite the words that she use, uses, if I'm honest, but this is a, a full family podcast. But where we're at, so what I did was pre-summer, so the combination for us is, um, obviously with the summer period and when it gets hot, work gets busy. Yeah, yeah. So the focus kind of moves away from other projects to um, to work stuff. And equally, um, cars get busy as well. So I had the option of cars. So what I did was pre-summer, I made sure that it was watertight and uh, protected in all areas that needed protecting. Right. What I didn't do was anything that looked particularly nice. (laughs) 
But the odd thing was, I was looking at it this morning just as I was finishing the walk with the dogs, and I noticed that what I had done really well was that I'd finished the back side of it and it left the front side to do its last thing. What was I thinking? You know? But the front side, actually, I, when yeah. I thought about it some more, I realised it's because the front side, the, the, uh, my father-in-law, Warren, had put on the, uh, uh, the roof top, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's all badly. done, right? Oh, oh. No, oh. no. He, he'd, he'd made an error in terms of he cut too short one piece. So oh. I knew that at the time, if I did the other side, I did it my way. I could do it quickly in the time that I had available, but the front side was going to be an absolute pain. So I did that side with the amount of time that I had, and that's all done. Mm-hmm. Now the other side, I still need to do. But it's basically watertight, without a doubt, and we're using it. I, mean, I literally was in there with Ruby only uh, a couple of days ago, fished a bike out, but I've got all sorts of Pajero tyres in it. I've got another three <laughs> mountain bikes, a shelf that's holding about 160 kilos that we put together as well. So it's, it's proving so really it's useful. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. And the other thing that was uh, really good was um, it's not degrading. Okay. So one of the things we I was worried about was um, here in the UAE with the the, the the horrific climate that we've got here in many respects with huge amounts of UV sunlight, uh, well sunlight, unbelievable heat and sunlight. I thought that that was going to be a bit of an issue, so I went really, really top end on materials, and then equally top end on finishes as well to make sure that it was it was bang on and it really yeah. is. I'm absolutely amazed. There was no degradation in that oh, whatsoever. Nice. Nice. So over the moon about that. Uh, but I need to find, see, right now, as I, we were just talking about off, uh, off air, I have never been busier. It's <laughs> utterly insane. But this is the other problem. So whenever we're putting together DIY projects, I think we all set out with the yes. best intentions. It's like, yeah, I can do this and I can get this done in this time period and I've got all the pieces and then we start doing it and then life creeps in well the other thing that people don't think about which was something that i didn't think about either was the amount of time that you've allocated Uh, multiply it by four as an absolute minimum because that's the way it always works out you know even something as simple as putting a picture up on the wall gotcha when you think about that and especially in the uae here with our ridiculously hard walls Instead of it just being a question of a nail, stick it in the wall, hang up picture, if you do that, you end up with a blast hole about an inch and a half wide that you're then going to have to fill, repair, then drill it correctly, and then, so you've got all these tools to be able to get out, you then need to have a plug, you need to have a screw of the right size, and away you go. Well, that is a multiplier of four, without a doubt. Go to a bigger project, and you've got exactly the same scenario, which is what we found. So with a really comprehensive, we had um, an instruction kit. And even with that, when we ordered all the parts that were were, um, stated within the kit that we needed, that was the first load of what came. (laughs) And then then we literally had about another three or four loads that were required to actually make it look decent as per the picture. Oh, man. Yeah, which is, it's all well and good. And we loved the whole whole scenario. But it is always the way. It's always the way with DIY. It's never as simple as you expect. And you got to plan for that. Yes, you do, which I didn't. And you know, with the <laughs> and you know, and you know got, yeah. <clears throat> but then there's another one which is really getting on my nerves at the moment. Which okay, is, wait, no, hold on. Before we get no, with the shed, oh, okay, with the shed. Okay. So basically, I've bought these absolutely stunning um, L sections about about oh, yeah, an inch, you mentioned inch and an inch. Yeah. yeah. Now the issue that I've got is the to put those on to physically attach them. Um, I need panel pins. But the panel pins, which for those people who don't know a panel pin, all it is is a very um, thin nail uh, that's designed to be thin so that it doesn't crack thin wood. 
<clears throat> now, the problem that I've got is the only panel pins that seem to be available here are in mild steel. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so when you put those on, as soon as water hits it, you end up with rust, and that rust drips right the way down the wood that you've got and looks utterly terrible. So I'm looking for copper or stainless or something like that. Well, apparently the nearest that I can find is somewhere in California. (laughs) This thing sit right now. (laughs) Get nothing in the UK? Uh... Yeah, but then the UK is an absolute pain. Actually, I kind of discounted the UK, to be fair, because uh, at the moment, uh, we've got this big problem with not enough drivers. So anything you try to ship from the UK um, has an enormous delay on it. So I kind of just discounted um, the UK as a source. But um, so I need to kind of find that. But that is the very, very last. I've got I've got another percent and three quarters to do before that little bit comes in. So when when do you think this project will be wrapped up? Well, this is where the curveball comes in, James. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, there is. I have just hit the most wonderful home run of Emirates auction vehicle purchases. Oh. Yeah. And so, actually, I haven't... All, all Pajeros? No, none of them Pajeros. Whoa. And I oh, haven't... Oh, hold, hold I haven't on. admitted one very important vehicle to um, my dearest wife, Natalie. Now, the good news is she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can tell uh-huh. this absolutely genuinely. Yeah, but, but you park them... In all of the parking by your house? No. Uh-oh. Brain. See, I'm thinking now, and I don't have that parking anymore. I can oh. only park a couple. Oh. And I've did already you, got get, the Did you get out called out on that? Yes. Yeah. Very badly. <laughs> oh. Very, very badly. Um, <laughs> so my, so of, the security was just waiting for you? No. no, even worse than that. So originally, so I moved houses. I used to have like a row of 25 that I could yeah. take as many as I wanted, which was yeah. kind of useful. I got close a couple of times. But... Um, this time round, I have uh, just parking, and one of my friends um, used to live right by where this parking is. Yeah. But there's only parking, I reckon, for eight or nine vehicles, yeah. and the residents normally have it all sorted out. Well, I'm only 100 yards away, so I've got equal right to that parking that they have. Uh-huh. Okay, So on my, um, my dad's group that you, you know that I, uh, I absolutely love, I'd, I'd put a little cheeky note to say, oh, yes, and thank you very much to um, my friend Ollie um, for uh, <laughs> uh, I've parked another vehicle outside your house. What I didn't realise was there was another two members of the group who live next door to Ollie uh. who said, so I now can't park my car and I'm looking at your eyesore outside my house. <laughs> so the choice was, do I then go... Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Or do I actually say, you know what? I've got every right to, to to this parking just as much as you have. I pay the same rates that you do. So I tried to find a compromise solution, which was, well, I've got the right to have one car there. Probably haven't got the right to have three. So I now have one that's normally parked there. But um, at the moment, there aren't that many uh, around and about. So okay. we're all right. But so what I have bought is I bought a another Volkswagen Transporter, uh-huh. which is a 2009 Okay. However, um, at the moment, because of COVID, you're not able to actually go and see it. Huh? And they all have dead batteries, so you don't know what the kilometers are when you buy. Hold, hold on. Like, we're, we're down into, like, the 70s for cases. Yes. And everyone's masked. Absolutely. And you can't go and see this I thing? physically am not allowed on site. But it's in a big parking lot, right? The Emirates parking lot? Yeah. Over by Al Warson? 
Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, in that enormous facility. I, I drive by there. There's no one walking around in there. So you're not going to be within five meters of anyone. Well, for me, that's my <laughs> cinema. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. used to absolutely love walking through there, and yeah, I do yeah. it once a week. It was brilliant fun. Normally with loads of security guards that used to follow me, because okay. they couldn't believe that, um, you know, some... Can some, anyone uh, just go and walk through there when you... No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Um, it's full... You need full trade licenses and various right. other... So I, I would have do. needed to come with you as your, yes. your valet. Yes, absolutely. Well, I can't at the moment, okay. which, as far as I'm concerned, has absolutely ramped up the entertainment value, <laughs> because basically I'm paying Russian roulette with every purchase. So... So I, I get a quick a side note. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which vehicle doesn't Natalie know that you've purchased? Is it one of the transporters? No. Okay. It's a 2003 Volkswagen Bora 2.8 V6 4 motion. Whoa. Manual. Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful. I know. And I couldn't, well, it's actually, the problem is it doesn't look beautiful. It looks like it's been abandoned for the last three years for a bizarre reason. It has been abandoned for the last three years. <laughs> Well, it's got a blowhole in the driver's seat leather, which the rest of it oh, is no. absolutely perfect. Oh, no. Um, and it has non-original 18-inch alloys on it. And uh-huh. literally, you can't tell the car is black because it was sand colored <laughs> And it was perfect. And I had to have it. Uh-huh. So for a whole 4,000 dirhams, wow. I decided to, to take that risk after yeah. a glass of wine or four. And uh, away I went and I bought it. I got it to Glenn, because that's Glenn's my new parking slot. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you're parking outside his place. Well, it's so bad that basically, you know, he's had, now had to open DIP. Yeah, yeah. To, well, to accommodate your vehicles. To accommodate all the vehicles <laughs> that I leave at his place. So um, that, we put on a, a battery initially. It turns out it's only done 112,000 kilometers. It's, it's brand new. Yeah. And we've got our Beetle Racing Club, yeah. which is great for racing Beetle to Beetle. But, you know, there's two sessions. There's the beginner session and there's the advanced session. So for half a night, we were sat around doing nothing. Yeah. So I said to the chaps, chaps, I'm buying this anyway. But the thought is, this could be a completely different driving experience yeah. on the basis that it's a four-wheel drive. It's a 2.8 V6. So hopefully, we're going to have as much fun with this as we do with the Beetle. Yeah. And it means we can go session to session. So all night we're driving. So have you ever thought of racing transit vans? Yes, we were banned. Oh. Yeah, we tried it. They're too worried that they're going to can, Well, if you can imagine, I've got access to quite a few vans. Yeah, yeah. Not, I wouldn't be using the ones that we have on the right. road. Yeah, you're not going to have the we will fix it ones, no, you know, with but, water and stuff in them. And- but I know them really well, so I can get hold of them without <laughs> yeah, a problem. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out commercial vehicles are banned on oh, the tracks of the okay. UAE, oh. so we weren't able to do that, oh. uh, which is a real shame, because actually we wanted to use the Caddy, uh, yeah, the yeah. smaller one, to, yeah, yeah. Um, which was ideal, because they were free and available manuals, and oh. that's the problem. You need manual gears, really, to race on I a love track those with I always wanted one of those as the, you know, the just the family vehicle. Uh, yeah, we've had 17, I think, now. And um, in the end, they became a bit too small for us, but yeah. so we got rid of them. But uh, again, for racing, they would have been ideal. But the they said no, so that's, well, that's how we ended yeah. up with the Beatles. So then the third one, what's the third one? Oh, the third one was a scrap, um, a scrap transporter, which turned out to be absolutely perfect for what we needed as well. <laughs> okay. So we've done really well. But yeah. that's, that's kind of that side of things. So when's the shed going to be wrapped up? Yeah. Once I've done all the car projects. <laughs> so, but if but Glenn, the, the car projects are never ending, so the shed might never no, be finished. let's be honest about this. I reckon that I've got a maximum of a month before Natalie blows a stack. And I've learned these days not to even think about starting something until she's already blown a stack. Okay. Because if, I'm, if I do it earlier than when she blows, then she transfers that anger onto something different and blows a stack anyway. So I might as well 
leave it until so we've got the right subject matter for yeah. her to legitimately blow a stack before I actually fix it. Right. That's my cunning plan. Okay. But I've got a, I do know exactly how I'm going to do it, and I know how long it's going to take me. I'll multiply that by four, and away we go. I, I like the multiplying by four, and I think when one of the, the items that I threw onto our list was those DIY projects that we think are easy, but they're really not that easy. I think, looking back on it, I think I would have really been in trouble had it not been for, for Warren, my father-in-law. Yeah. I mean, he is an engineer and a very, very good engineer. Yeah. And in truth, because I had, at the time, I was flying with the Pajeros and loving every minute of it. So, And he needed projects to do. So I, we'd often start in the morning and I, I'd do an hour with him, first of all. I'd disappear to do car stuff, get back in the afternoon, and he's done something <laughs> epic, you know? So the truth was, a lot of it was done by my father-in-law. And yeah. I mean, it's things like, you should see the door. It's literally, Beautiful. oh, it's just millimeter perfect. Oh. There is, there's that air noise as you open oh. it because he fitted it so stunningly. See, that's what you want. Yeah, I know. But it, it's, it, it's that craftsman that, yeah. um, mentality that he's got that really, really has yeah. made it quite a, quite a piece of kit. And also, it's so strong. You, I mean, I would happily lift it up with a crane without any problems whatsoever. But you had talked about dismantling it and selling it. Yes. Um, and putting in the larger one because at one point Natalie came out and took a look and she said, it's really not too big. It's yeah. going to be bigger. And that was part of your plan. No longer the plan though. No, no. It, uh, it got to the stage where she kind of rescinded that. When she got inside it, because it looks quite small from the outside, yeah. but it's much wider than a standard shed. Which is perfect, right? Because you yeah. want something that doesn't, it's not an eyesore, yet can accommodate all your stuff. Yeah. And the other thing is, because this has got um, the um, kind of traditional Dutch barn roof rather than a just a um, you know an a pitch um it's there's a lot more space high up as well that we can use too and because it's not flimsy it's really solid and we're able to use it also one of the the things that we often see is people buy those aluminum sheds they buy those plastic you know tough guy whatever they're called i call them tupperware sheds but i know which ones you mean you know exactly Mm. Those, those are really popular i've had them in the past yeah yeah why i mean you went for a kit and yes. something. What are the pros and cons? Why wouldn't you have just gone for the, the plastic tough guy shed? So the plastic tough guy shed um, is less than half the price for equivalent to, to what I paid. So it's cheap. It's cheap, without a doubt. They Also, they last really well. So they, they, they do that's, not that's get two box, That's two box yeah, checks. It is. And they're kind of grayish brown or... Um, yeah, kind of. it's almost like a, a light gray, yeah. I think. But so they're, they're kind of camouflaged. Yeah, the problem is they look like Shrek. <laughs> And that was really where my problem lay. If it was an area where I could hide away, yeah. then absolutely fine. But this isn't. This is outside the front of my house, oh, the right yeah. of my garage. Oh. So uh, other people have and have done it, but there's no way that was going in, in our garden. In fact, the discussion between myself and my wonderful wife was, you're not putting a shed there. And I was like, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. They are really that ugly. And then I showed her this. She said, oh, yes, we'll have one of those. Um, when's it getting delivered? And I showed her this tiny little box. <laughs> I went, there you go. And her line was brilliant, which was, has it been cremated? <laughs> 
<laughs> loved it. But it was. It was only the hinges. Yeah. And so everything else I had to buy separately. Oh, but uh, as a result, it does. It looks like, I mean, it's unique. There yeah. isn't another one in the UAE, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, the only issue that she's got with it is the exterior treatment that I used that has been utterly brilliant has turned it a little bit yellow, oh. um, which is a bit of a negative. I mean, I actually really like it, but she's she's kind of less less happy about it. Are you going to retreat it? Can uh, you put another coat on and darken it? I don't think another there? coat will do it. I think it'll send it more yellow, <laughs> in truth. And um, and it's got a fair few coats on it already. Yeah. Um, but I think over time, maybe... Well, you say that, but it's been, what, it's almost a year. Yeah. And it still hasn't dulled down. <laughs> so... No, that's well, what is, you get. It, is it kind of like those mirror places or wherever? I can't remember which one it was, where the white has turned yellow. Is it kind of that effect where it's just going to get more yellow, do you think? It just hasn't degraded at yeah, all. Which is really good. It is. It is, and, and, and pretty key to, to what I was trying to do with it. It was supposed yeah. to be a long-term scenario, yeah. and um, it looks like it's going to do that really, really well. So I'm not complaining. I'm, mm. I'm happy with it. And, you know, sometimes the uh, the... The end project needs to be what you you personally want, yeah. rather than necessarily uh, what the committee decides. Yeah. Uh, just on a side note, mm. uh, I want to talk a little bit about the socials. Uh, we will fix it because I follow those socials, and all I keep thinking about is I, I see the guys and I see the pictures of the garage and and where you've got your 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 vehicles parked and that, and I just keep thinking: Are, are you are your guys familiar with the James Cast dance craze that is now sweeping the nation and soon the world? I have seen it, James. I am thinking that your guys would be right in to the dance. I think if we can do it to ACDC, then... I, you can do it to anything. And, and unfortunately, I forgot my phone. I'm gutted. Because that's the phone that I use to do all of the, the epic TikToks with. And, uh, yeah. I only found out what TikTok actually was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago. They, 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 they put me, me up as in, and this is an example of what not to do on TikTok. <laughs> they, um, they really just have their head in their hands. We've got yeah. a whole social team now that, um, yeah. uh, and actually we're adding to it at the moment. And it is, it's vitally important for a business yeah. now to, to get your socials right. And they just look at me in just disbelief. <laughs> Literally, to explain to them that I've only been on Instagram for a month, I still don't understand it, as you well know, is um, they just can't comprehend it yeah. you know what what dinosaur am i dealing with here what I, what i love about the socials is is you had a recent one that you put up and it was it was talking literally what we've been talking about now is doing diy projects knowing your limitations and realizing that so many of the diy projects that were sold as hey you can do this and it might be because we're coming from the uk or we're coming from the us or canada or australia where there's quite a diy culture oh absolutely and they you know you got the big box stores that are selling all the stuff yep. doesn't mean you can do it but yep. they're selling you all that stuff in one place in one place and someone's you know and and i'm thinking back home so maybe i'm at reno depot or i'm at home depot yep. two different brands and i'm buying you know i want to talk a little bit about light switches but i'm buying a light switch and yep. and the guy who's there is you know ex handyman or ex electrician. He's going to say, okay, well, you know, when you take, you know, make sure you turn off the breaker and then open up, and this is what you got to do. It's all done. Yeah. Until you get home, and then you start looking at it, going, oh, oh. Well, here's the interesting one. I mean, the case in point is that shed, yeah. which was uh, so. You think about the one one stop shop that you'd have yeah. um, in in the, the areas that we're used to. Here, I actually went to a lumber yard with full trunks full logs yeah. that they were cutting up yeah. to be able to make the wood that I, I required. Yeah. 
and there's literally three guys there with this enormous saw cutting it to whatever size that we needed. Yeah. It was that basic. You then go to um, all of the fixings. Those came from a particular shop in Dragon Mart that obviously I was aware of. There were some ne- uh, some uh, galvanized nails that I could only get. Those are hard to find here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can only get them from another store that yeah. I, I happen to know about. The roof shingles, that came from Rasal Kamer in the end. And and you think about that as a logistics. Obviously, I'm lucky because I've got drivers and various guys yeah. that can go and source all this for me. But that's not practical for most DIYers. No, no. no it's it's almost like we're discouraged from doing the DIY yes. here. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a real shame. It is a real shame. Um, well, no, that's well, that's me with my 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 commercial hat off. You know, yeah, yeah. and if you imagine what we try to do with with people, not just on our podcast, but also um, through communication, is we try and encourage people and, and facilitate yeah. where we can with the hope that if if they do get beyond their comfort level, yeah. then we're there to help on the uh, the more maintenance side of things as well. Well, that's what, and that's what I loved with one of the posts. So if you're not following, we will fix it or essential maintenance Dubai on Instagram do, and it's, we will fix it. Dubai is, is the tag. Uh, you had a nice little picture of a, a toolkit. And yeah. I, as soon as I looked at that toolkit, I knew exactly what we're talking about. And it's, you know, it's, it's a white base with a clear top and the inside's orange. So boom, it, you, you instantly know where that's coming from. I, I, you know, I, I thought you could have put a side of meatballs beside it. It would have been nice. <laughs> but anyway, and it, it was really just saying, hey, all your DIY projects and, and looking at that set of tools saying, yep. here's what people are going to the store and buying with the thought of putting the picture up, putting up the, the cabinet, putting up something. And as you said, one of the challenges is, you know, we're coming from North America, we're coming from Europe, and our walls don't tend to be concrete. You know, we, we've got gypsum or drywall, where, you know, different countries call it different things, of course. that are a, a, a whole different beast to work with. And now suddenly we're coming here with our DIY knowledge, and that DIY knowledge that we've, we've accumulated from, from other places doesn't apply anymore. No. And right down to the electricity, yeah. if you're coming from somewhere that's, I mean, the, the core idea of electricity is the same. But some of the ways it's been manipulated in places we live yeah. is very different. Well, it's originally a British system. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like you say, it's fine when it is the British system. <laughs> um, however, when it has been manipulated and it gets some, um, some additional parts to it, yeah. it gets a bit scary. Well, I, and I've, I've got one we're talking about light switches, and I'm, I'm kind of going, oh, I, just really, I need a new light switch. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a switch in sort of the, the living room of, of my place. And... I'm pretty sure the switch has, you know, it's, it's 21 years old. Wow. It's done well. Yeah. So I'm thinking the switch is gone because it has multiple things on it. Mm. So I think it's got three switches in one that okay. turn on three different sets of lights. Yes. One set of lights is not coming on. And I thought, okay, maybe the bulbs are burnt. So I changed the bulbs. No, no, still doesn't come on. Do you know that's interesting because... Uh, in that situation, I would normally think of a short in the circuit rather yeah. than necessarily the switch. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an easy check for any electrician to do. Well, and that's the thing. So I'm looking at this and, you know, and you talk to us, and, oh, yeah, that's an easy one. You can do it. And I'm going, yeah, I don't know if that's so easy. Mm, no. Well, <laughs> and, and, and just coming off that, I was listening back to our, our flood show where we had the pumps and we had water and things. And then I'm thinking electricity because we were talking electricity and I'm going... As much as I can go buy these switches at any of our little hardware stores, yep. and the guy's going to sell it to me, and I'm going to say, this is what I want to do, and he's going to say, easy, just screw it out, turn off the thing, take a look where it is, screw them in, you're yep. good as gold. I'm going, I don't know 
if I want to put myself in that position. 240 volts coursing through your veins. Yeah, that's is, what I'm thinking. Is something that is scary. Yeah. It's unsafe. And it it just isn't something that unless you are very, very experienced and ideally certified, yeah. um, that you should think about. I like that, ideally certified. <laughs> I, mean, I do very little. I do very little electrics. I can talk yeah. a good game for electrics and I can lay it out and I can make sure that my boys are doing it right. Yeah. I'm not an electrician. So therefore, I leave it and I leave yeah. it to the guys who really know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I know to look at it and make sure that you know, it is absolutely bang on. That's fine. Yeah. But that's a very different story to actually doing it yourself. Yeah. In the really early days, here's an interesting one for you. <laughs> this is our this is our first big job, and it was a photography studio on Beach Road, and um, we oh, like, the, is that, is that like an SW kind of place. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Here we go. <laughs> we did a full refit. And we did the refit on, oh, that, really? on that place. Yeah. This Ooh. is this is in 2008. Our first job. Oh. Dan and I both on the job as well, like and then see. our electrician walked out. Oh and, no! Yeah, I'm an electrician. You don't expect me to do anything else apart from electrics. Oh. I'm like, that's not what you signed up for. So yeah. we parted ways, oh, and um, we were left with the one sign on the front to do, which was on a timer. And I still remember now. It threw me across the room three times. But oh I didn't, no! I didn't have an option. Well, at that time, when you're that desperate to get a job done and to get money in the bank, it's amazing what you would do. Yeah. But um, it is something that ever since I have not touched uh, electrics more than wiring a plug or putting um, a light bulb in because of that danger. And you think about that, yeah. 240 volts, three times in the space of two days, you could, it, it you know, threw me across the room. And fortunately, the amperage wasn't uh, cranked if up. If it had been three phase, it was yeah. 415, then uh, it would have been, been curtains. Yeah. So, uh, and we know, we know scenarios that have happened like that in the UAE. So this is that that thing. So, you know, again, one it's easy DIY to just replace a switch, but think twice. Yeah, absolutely, for electrics, without yeah. a doubt. There's another, I mean, the, the other one that's interesting, you always ask me, so what's big in the office right yeah, now? Because I, I, I just think it's, I think it's fun to hear what's going wrong with everyone. A great one came in this morning, um, actually as I was on the way here, which is a friend of mine who's headmaster of the school, uh-huh. His deputy headmaster walked down the stairs today to find two inches of water Uh-oh. in her ground floor, across her ground floor, Ooh. water heater that had broken in the night. And it must have been early in the night for the oh, amount of flooding that's no. happened. Yeah. It's devastating when that's uh, that scenario. And the thing is, it's possible that there was no telltales whatsoever. It yeah. just went. It's unlikely, to be fair. Yeah. But again, if you don't know what you're looking for, that damp patch on the ceiling, yeah. it's never getting better. Yeah. The reality is, as soon as you see even just a spot of damp on your ceiling, immediately yeah. call somebody in or investigate yourself. You know, there there are also the times when you get up in the middle of the night, you're going to go use the washroom, and your your and, and your house is quiet. Yeah, and I often find you know you're there, and then suddenly you're, you're suddenly and you hear, it. yeah, and, and it's like okay, so you I'm looking, and then it's like hold on. I think that's a ceiling tile. It's hit some, so, you know, yeah. you, you know, and you don't want to be two in the morning looking at ceiling tiles. But when you hear that little sound, yeah, it's like, yeah, I got to find a way. What's going on here? And it's little telltale signs, just a little thing. Yeah, but then the curveball to that is there. Are t- there's twice a year, which to be fair was only about a month ago, October, and then normally kind of March as well, where the humidity has gone high. Yeah. And because most of the buildings here are created through a cement block, 
and um, uh, flat pour floors as well, you end up in a, in a situation where the underside of that slab um, is cold and there's hot air, which is humid, that hits it, which then creates condensation, which then yeah. drips on your ceiling. Now, the problem is, if you automatically assume that that's fine, you may well end up in the scenario that this lady had today. Oh, no. But equally, it may well be a job where literally we say, you know what? Shut off all, don't open windows, don't open doors, keep your ACs on and it will, it will work as a dehumidifier, but there's yeah. actually no work for us to do. But w- there's various questions that our team will ask to be able to ascertain that. And you as an individual are not going to know that unless you're really clued up on, yeah. on DIY and how and, our, and our how do you deal work. With, how do you deal with the fanatical people like me who are like, it's, it's everywhere, the water's leaking! Get here! Then we, we start asking various questions. Is, is your AC turned off? Which room uh, did it yeah. start in? Yeah. Uh, have you opened a ceiling tile, Mr. Fanatic? <laughs> what, uh, what did you see when you opened that tile? And just try and get answers to very basic questions. Yeah. And uh, instead of being given the answer of "we're all about to die," which it happens frequently, <laughs> but we're trying to get to, uh, together and, and, and understand who do we need to send? Do we need to send somebody, or have we just got a nutter? Yeah, well, there it's you possible. go. <laughs> <laughs> I see my number come up, and it says it doesn't say the name; it just says yes. nutter, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Nutter. <laughs> Here's another one that I, I, I this one just kills me. It's the bathtub, and tub's fine. Tub's yep. working great. I don't know, the way the shower works, somehow the water gets fired up onto the side of the tub against the, the wall. Yeah. Who knows how that tub was, was put in, but the near-death experience comes when you get out of the tub and because somehow the water is not necessarily when it hits the wall and hits the sill of the tub going into the tub, there's a bit of water that's somehow channeling around the wall and literally onto the floor as it's dripping off the side of the tub. Then when you get out of the tub and you're standing there and you're, you're toweling, you, you basically land in a puddle of water that, if you're not aware of it, you're going to go flying. You know that one. Oh, I know that one, all right. <laughs> but I'm thinking, okay, I've lived, I've lived in a lot of places in the world. Well, I've lived here and I've lived in North America. I never had the problem in North America. Why am I having this problem here? And it's every tub. Yeah. So the reason for that is quite simple, which is the the difference in temperature that we have here uh-huh. means that everything in your bathroom is expanding and contracting every single day. Nice. So what in effect the the start problem um, is the silicon, which is sealing yeah, yeah. Um, sealing around. But that seems to be holding. Okay. It might be holding, and you <laughs> won't even visually see when uh, that fault has occurred. But okay. the classic is when initially you get a little bit of water that's coming out the side and the phone call comes in what normally happens is we get there we open the inspection hatch which is normally being glued in or whatever so it hasn't been done in ages and a torrent hits us of water because what's happened is i don't even think there is an inspection hatch at my place Quite possible. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there is. I've never seen one. Great bit of planning there as well. <laughs> but if you imagine, the reason is because labor is so cheap here, yeah. what they tend to do is just cement it and yeah. then basically tile it. Job yeah. done. And I haven't had to pay for an inspection panel or that's right. difficult to create. Yeah. So that's what happens. But if we do have that inspection panel, if you can imagine the underside of your bath outside of the seal with silicon works like the most perfect bucket you can possibly imagine. (laughs) And then the only time that you're going to know that you actually have a problem is when having been submerged for quite a while, 
it eventually finds a tiny little porous bit uh, that yeah. it can just get a tiny little bit of water through. And then on a daily basis, it might just even be a little drip uh-huh. that you think is just an overflow from your shower or from right. your bath as you got out. And you don't yeah. really think about it. And obviously, it's only going one way. Well, by the time we get the phone call, it can be really bad <laughs> under there, to say the least. Like, it stinks oh, absolutely man. horrifically. Or it's gone through the slab, right. found somewhere, normally around the drain where the drain's been, uh-huh. and it will go through to the ceiling below. That's a really well-known thing in Mira, for instance, one okay. of the developments here. Yeah. And in that situation, people can't believe that actually the issue was only the fact that the silicon that looked perfect wasn't. How often do you think we need to replace the silicon around our sinks and tubs? Depends what they, has been used. If it's something from the subcontinent the next day after it's been oh, installed. No. If it is something from Europe or um, the US or Singapore, then uh, at that point it should last for five years. Okay, so about five years we're looking at, unless if, if you if we're, if we're looking stuff, at the top stuff. Nobody's used that on an original build, I can guarantee it. It's yeah. four times the price of the subcontinent. And even stuff. at that, it's four times the price. It's not that expensive. No, 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 it's not. It's really not. We're talking five dirhams a, um, yeah. a tube versus, yeah, it's actually it's 25, so five times. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's... Yeah, it is. I mean, it's ridiculous, but that is the shortcuts that, that are standard here, without a doubt. <sighs> okay. Yeah. What, now, what about the, the one where... where the seal is fine, yep. but the water just channels because of the way the tub is has been set. You know, yep. they've they've set it in, but they haven't really balanced it correctly. It's just off a little bit, so that instead of the water pooling and coming back in off the the edge, it travels and then down the corner onto the floor. That happens, but that's not as prevalent as shower trays that don't flow to the drain that's almost normal in fact there was a development in dubai where instead of a tray they did the wet room idea oh no 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 yeah they channeled it beautifully it was at the exact opposite corner (laughs) to where it was supposed to have been i know how that happened which was the civil contractor and the mep contractor didn't talk to each other so the mep contractor thought that it was going to be in the opposite corner to that that the civil contractor had done so the civil contractor did a fantastic job of moving it to the other corner without telling MEP. Standard thing. And yeah. that, there was nothing to do for it apart from either a chip out, which is the normal way, yeah. redo the whole thing, having jackhammered it, which is nasty. Or alternatively, the bodge is just a literally fit over the top of what was already there, in which case the door will no longer move inwards and you hope it goes oh, outwards. Yeah. And that's really nasty. I've got to say, that one's really horrible when it happens. It's, it, Yeah. And that was one, God, that was prevalent on the handover of that development, which was like five years ago. That was a constant. And we said to people, look, don't employ us. Our labor rates are too high. You need a lot of civil works and you need a lot of laborers to be able to do this. So whatever you do, I hope you're under warranty. And they did actually do a huge number of warranty jobs on that, which was great. But then for a lot of people, it's 12 months from handover that's your your warranty. And if a landlord sat on it for a while, before it got rented out, uh, then yeah. at that point you're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, and that happens a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. A lot of building going on right now. A huge amount, and a lot of a lot of residential construction going on. Yeah, which is is great. 
Well, this is a simple scenario, which is when rents and house prices start to go up. Which they have. Which and, they have. And in some places around the world, they never came down. Yeah. Well, no, for us, it, it, we absolutely tanked it yeah, right we in the middle of the pandemic. It was, it was excellent. That's when you were looking yeah, at it. Yeah, I know. I, well, I did. I, I, yeah. I was really lucky I aced it. But, but now the prices are through the roof. Like, good luck. Yeah. Remember I was telling you about the house that was double, that's yeah, yeah. diagonally opposite. It's the same as ours. It's double what we paid now uh, 14 months ago. Uh, they've just upped it. Because it's been empty now for four and a half months or whatever it was. They so, decided the right course of action was to increase their price. Are they getting more view- people looking at it? I haven't seen anyone near yeah. it in, in yeah. ages. But Natalie is fanatical about this, and she knows the prices of every single property that's anywhere near us. And she's like, can you believe what they're asking for this now? And it is an utter shed, and it hasn't been looked after whatsoever. So it'll be fascinating to see whether or not yeah. they smell the coffee or the market actually meets them at this crazy price. Well, and but again, back to all of the building that's happening. Oh, and sorry, yes. There, and there's so many people that, you know, they're living in older areas yeah. and they see all these new places going up and they kind of say, well, maybe I'll move, I'll move new for a few years. And yeah, but then there's problems with the new places, which yeah. is normally the plot size is so small because they've gone, we've paid a huge amount yeah. of money now for this plot. Yeah. So we need to get as many properties on there as possible. Yeah. And also then you look at the, the, the construction that's been done on the older properties is a lot better than the newer stuff, yeah. and especially the budget stuff. I, I, so I was in Town Square. Yeah. And if you're in the Dubai area, Town Square's got a great flow rider. They've got a, a, Ferris, a, 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 a merry-go-round, a carousel. Yes. A beautiful place. Mm. And I'm in, I'm in one of the villas there. And, you know, from the outside, it looks very nice. Yep. And, and you know, they got to walk through. And some folks I know live there. And I'm just kind of, I, I kind of went, oh, well, this is, the first thing that struck me was the way it's air-conditioned with all these split-level units. Yep. And I was looking at the positioning of them, and I'm going, well, that's kind of curious that you've yep. got these things positioned where you do and, the, and i was at a, a, a three-bedroom unit and i went upstairs and i was going okay this is cool and i, and, and I was there and i was going it's pretty hot up here yeah the, the ac is not working right i'm going the ac is not working right the ac is not working yeah <laughs> but what what struck me as interesting was then back on the down on the ground floor there's there's like a living room somewhat like it's got a nice pocket door which I was looking at how the pocket door was working and I'm going, oh, okay, we'll see how long this lasts. And and I was more curious how you get in to fix the mechanism on the pocket door. It's nasty. And I, and I, and I was going, it doesn't seem to be any hatch to fix it. So this will be cool. Mm. When it, but there was no AC in that room. Lovely. And I was kind of going, well, how does this place work when it, you know. It's, Town Square is an interesting one. It's actually better than many. If, mm. if you're in a budget um, or you're looking for a budget property, so a lot of space for little cash. Yeah. Then and that's either, what, that was the selling point of the folks who were living there saying, look, I can't believe how little I had to spend yeah. to get this place. And I thought, well, yeah. Okay. So there's only three. In that area, there's only really three. Um, there's either Town Square, there's Mirror Oasis, or there is Akoya right. um, r- that's much further out. Akoya is just incredible for the space that you get, yeah. but it is a long way out. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and they come with their problems. You've got to realize that it, you, you haven't found a bargain. There is no such thing. The yeah. market will meet you. Yeah. So therefore, what you found is um, a, a price point where you're trying to find the best value and with the compromises that you're happy to make. Yeah. And it, I think that's important to realize with any place that you're renting absolutely. Or, or buying, there's always compromises. Yeah, there is. For me, it's a no-brainer. I would go for Emart every day of the week. Yeah. So I would oh, be okay. in Mirror Oasis ah, would, right. would be my choice. Yeah. 
uh, town square is generally solid, but the issue that you get with these p- uh, places is part of the largest cost that they have is those AC units. Yeah. So what they do is they do the technical calculation based on the size of the property <laughs> and supposedly the environment. They will add on maybe 1% in terms of capacity, and then those are the size of ACs that you get. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is they're assuming that those ACs are always running at maximum efficiency. Ah, okay. Well, to run at maximum efficiency, A, there can be no loss over, over age, which is totally unrealistic. And secondly, they have to be kept in perfect condition all the time, which is pretty unrealistic too. So you then end up in a scenario that you're always going to have some kind of deficit because it, it had to be new, yeah. totally and utterly clean to actually work as effectively as you need it. So then you've got to think about how do I compensate for this? So things like um, keeping doors open so that all of the units can right. interreact and they can also create the additional circulation. Think about window film. That's oh, always a good one. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So that way you're reducing uh, the amount of effort that these units have to make. Yeah. In that case, an annual contract's a no-brainer. Again, problem, because you've obviously gone at a price point, so therefore you're like, do I really want to lay out the money on, on an annual maintenance com- uh, yeah. contract? In this case, and if you remember, as you well know, in fact, we have both the ad hoc business, we will fix it, and annual maintenance business. And you know what? They make about the same money. So there isn't really a a, a motivation from my side. But if I had a property like that, I would definitely have an annual maintenance contract, without a doubt. But this is not a new scenario. You look at the budget um, budget properties uh, around Dubai, something like the Springs, something like um, the Al Reams within the Arabian ranches, which were the relative budget properties for um, the developers at the time. These as well, when they have the two bedrooms upstairs, are underpowered. They will work. They will work, but it's a split unit that is designed for both of them. And therefore, that one unit has the same problem. The difference is that with those properties, they have other units that are way over spec that you can compensate with if you leave doors open. Yeah. So the master bedrooms, generally in the springs, have, are way over spec for what they need. So mm-hmm. if, you, if people are prepared to, 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 to have their doors open, then you can help compensate. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways of dealing yeah. with them, but it's so development specific yeah. that, well, that we kind of work on, a, on an individual basis. And you guys must have great insight then into so many of these different developments from low end to high end because... I've got statistics for every (laughs) development and what the failures are. And you know what? It's staying with me because that's just worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Yeah. We had an interesting approach by a developer that asked for that data. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They put a lot of pressure on us. Ah. And I wasn't giving it to them. There's no way. It's, it's, that's gold dust. And they'd have to spend hundreds of thousands to actually get that that level of data but what it allows us to do is to a profile a development and secondly it allows us to actually plan our our manning um, and and what we're going to do over the next year uh, based on the kind of jobs that came in and and, and what we feel we can do that that next year based on what you guys do this is this is totally off and left field question based on what you guys do and the trends that you're seeing in maintenance and diy what trade, if I was a young buck who's just, you know, finishing high school, maybe going to go to college or, or, you know, go to trade school, which increasingly I look back and I think, why didn't I do that? Yeah. Like, why didn't I go to trade school as my brother did? And, you know, you know, Joey Chernobyl or AKA Joey Woo Woo. Uh, the Woo Woo himself. The woo woo, yeah. <laughs> the Woo Woo. I think you should just go by that. The Woo Woo. Who, who did send a dance the other day, by the way. 
Did he? Yeah, yeah. From the floor of some shop that he was working in on some, you know, ridiculous machinery that had to be calibrated to some, you know, minutia of a yes. millimeter. There he is doing the, doing the dance. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was impressed. Mm, rightly yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, what trade do you think, what, you know, what's your thoughts on which direction? For the UAE? Well, I, I mean, let's talk the UAE, but let's also think generally as we move out, you know, I mean, people live here and they, they're going to be here in the UAE, but. You know, they might end up somewhere else. Um, interesting. I would say I would be in. In fact, you know what? I can I can put this argument to lots of different things. So yeah. I'll, I'll try and do it quickly, but give you the kind of overview. If it was, if I was from the UK, I would definitely think plumbing. Right. Uh, Pimlico Plumbers, which is a legendary outfit in the UK, is charging. I think it's one hundred and twenty-five pounds an hour. So one hundred twenty-five pounds an hour. Yeah. So that's what six hundred dirhams an hour. So, okay, £125 an hour. How much does the tradesman take out of that 125 an hour, do you think? I reckon he'll probably get 50% of it. Wow. Okay. So he's still doing ridiculously yeah, yeah, that's, well. That's good cash. Um, that, so that's that. So if I was thinking about the UK, I would probably go in that direction. If I was, conversely, if I was expecting to stay in the UAE, AC is a great business. It means you get a holiday in the winter, <laughs> which is always good. <laughs> yeah. But it's tough. Yeah. And the other issue is, by the time you've hit your mid-40s, trying to stay on a roof in 50-degree oh, yeah. heat is a whole different world of pain. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for that because by your trade alone, you are needed when it's hot. Yeah. So that's the issue there. The third one that always kind of works, but it's still a little bit niche, is uh, electrical. Mm. So in the UK, you'd probably have more work doing that. And then also there's very different types of electrical work. So in the UK, a lot of the guys are doing construction. So therefore, they're doing uh, first fit and systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a load of cable pulling. It's not yeah. particularly technical. But then you could go to an electrical engineer status where you're doing on the design side more than anything else. You then have a finishing electrician, and these boys, you watch them work, and it's it's all hands and fingers, and the precision is amazing to watch. Um, we've had one of those in the team before uh, on the booking side, and 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 he was just a, a incredible at, uh, at what he did. His main school, unfortunately, wasn't booking, but that's another story. <laughs> but uh, and then the final one is like a maintenance electrician, and yeah. there's an, there's a, a European outfit that's um, set up here doing exactly that, oh, okay. and, and trying to get enough work to be able to do that, and especially at a Western price point, is kind of difficult. And that's so, the challenge here, isn't it? All yeah. the time is is. We want, especially if you're coming from the West, you want the the Western craftsmanship. You want the Western precision, but we don't want to pay the Western prices. No, I mean we're talking like a four times multiplier. <laughs> yeah, so it's totally out of the yeah. um, the, the scenario that that would work yeah. for anything other than a very niche niche outfit. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So we got a few areas. If one's thinking of going into a trade, plumbing. Yeah, I think that's that's the best route for overall. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Colin, you know what? It's time that we, we wrap up the, the show. It's it's another excellent podcast. I'm ex- I've learned something. It's good to be back. I've really <laughs> genuinely missed it. I know. It's it's therapy, really. Yeah. yeah, oh, we, yeah. Both, we both get a therapy treatment out of it, so I'm, I'm always happy. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, me too. And, you know, keep listening to the rest of the podcast. We've got all sorts of content, whether it be talking about stem cells or talking about cars or technology and and a few things in between so keep listening scroll through enjoy and we'll talk to you again real soon call thomas from essential maintenance and we will fix it dubai i'm james pikeway so long for now